Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. Y'all, it feels like fall, y'all. And that's all I want to say. It's 79 <laughs> degrees where I am right now. So that is fall for me. Well, it's like 58 where I am. So that feels like fall. Totally. Like I, I left this morning with like leggings and a sweater. And I was like, is this, am I, is this main character syndrome? Am I in a Nora Ephron? Like what's happening? Ah, who's to say? Anyways, we do have some theater news because I know Matt will, Matt's excited about this is the point. Um, And also I am, oh, we'll see. Okay, so from SNL to Schmega and Dune, much like Matt's Zoom name right now, which is just just Schmega or is it Dune? You're Schmega? I mean, that's what my Zoom handle says. I don't remember if we decided who was Schmega and who was Dune. So I figured Schmega would, you'd understand it more. If If I just said Dune, that would be confusing. Not D-U-N-E uh, right, coming up with Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah. Mm, of but here we are. Yeah. Um, so The Shed in New York City. Wow, that was that segue was horrible. We have Cecily Strong news, you guys. That's how I was getting into this. <laughs> the Shed in New York City has announced their 2022 season, including five commissioned works. And Cecily Strong will make her real dream of being on stage come true with her theatrical debut in The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe by Jane Wagner, which is a solo show that was written with a premiere on Broadway in 1985, for which Lily Tomlin did win a Tony. Mm-hmm. I have the album. I'm looking for the T-shirt. Like, I love this piece. Uh, the direction will be by Lee Silverman. You guys know, Tony nominee. Uh, the production will mm-hmm. run December 21st through February 5th of next year at the Griffin Theater. Other commissioned pieces include Claudia Rankin's Help, which was supposed to premiere you know, this past year, but you know, due to COVID, they've had to extend it. So um, it's going to premiere in March uh, in March of next year on the 15th. And then Tomas Saraceno's uh, Particular Matters is a century ex- exhibition about climate change and Headless, the Glass ceiling by anonymous club will be three distinct nights of cultural events with new work again from filmmaker Wu Sang. there's a ton of new projects like this isn't just like one simple like these are five different plays like these are all very different theatrical exhibitions which i really appreciate as far as commissioned work so yeah you'll have to look forward to it again they're they're kind of uh, they're they're also changing some of the wording i i think for the this new version of the solo show and Lily Tomlin will produce Mm. it. So that's exciting. Um, But yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the playwright Jane Wagner is Lily Tomlin's wife. So they are obviously (laughs) very, very involved in uh, this production. It seems like um, if Lily is producing it. So yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I have no problem with Cecily strong doing theatrical. My thought was just like, Ooh, diving into a one person show that lily tomlin made famous that was i mean essentially written for her like that's a huge ask like no matter how good cecily strong is like anybody trying to step into lily tomlin's shoes is a huge deal but to do it in a one-person show that's like running an ultra marathon for the first race you've ever won you've ever run you know what i mean like she's not starting out easy um and you know just taking a nice little stage gig she's like going full tilt hardcore theater in a way that is very difficult so i wish her the best and i'm sure she'll be great but that's a that's a big ask it's a big ask and i also kind of i again i i worship cecily strong and like you know a lot of her work on snl i grew up with it and um i i feel like uh, we'll have to see i'm I'm excited for this opportunity for her but i kind of felt like if they're gonna do 
if they're going to revisit this property, I, I would really like to have seen someone like Jacqueline Novak, um, somebody who's kind of like on the rise of that kind of comedic social, uh, mm-hmm. comedic solo work, uh, like Phoebe Waller, like there's just so many, and there's all, obviously women we've never heard of, you know? Um, so, I, but I Grace understand how this works. Yeah. No, shut up. I, oh my God, the dream. But um, yeah, so I, I kind of felt the same way as you, Matt. Like I thought that that was kind of like a really big, like, do you remember when Amy Schumer went in for um, Meteor Shower and it was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a strange and one. And this kind of reminds me of that. That yeah, I'm like, I, okay, I, I want you to succeed as a woman in comedy. Um, Cause we, we shouldn't be out here trying to t- tear each other down. But at the same time, no, like I agree no, no, with no. you, I felt like it wasn't, um, I, I don't, I'm curious. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Yeah, and of course, Amy (laughs) Schumer got a Tony nomination uh, out of uh, that show, so good for her. Shocking, shock and awe. Oh, I love you, Steve Martin, but wow, wow, wow. Manhattan Theater Club has announced a one-week extension of Lackawanna Blues due to the cancellation of several shows throughout the run. Its star, Ruben Santiago Hudson, sustained a back injury, of course, early on, causing him to miss a few dates, and so now they're playing it through November 7th. If you want to see Lackawanna Blues at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater, I highly recommend that you go. Um, And now that they have this extension, maybe people that had tickets then will have their tickets, you know, (laughs) these, these other nights. Yeah, I mentioned it on Monday's show. Like I noticed they put it up on the website and things weren't Mm -hmm. available. So I was really excited um, that this officially came through. And I, since I will be in town on November 7th, uh, I snagged a ticket to see the last performance of Lackawanna Blues. Yes, I texted you about it earlier. Ashley responded you did not. No, here's what went down. There were. 40 texts in yeah, that group that. chat today. There no, was no, no, exciting things going on. There were there exciting, were exciting things, things. I'm just saying that I am about to open them up. <laughs> so okay. I, I can't wait to read all of them. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so the Weislers, I know you love talking about them. Uh, they're producers on many, many Broadway <laughs> productions. They announced today the addition of Monday and Sunday evening performances beginning November 1st for Broadway's Company of Waitress through the holiday season of this year. Eric Bergen, a former Dr. Pometer and also Jersey Boy, uh, will take over for Drew Galing October 19th through the 24th and November 2nd through the 7th. Very specific dates. Drew must have wanted to call out for something. I yeah. don't know, but, you know, so his swinger, his understudy. Yeah. <laughs> right? So strange. But Drew Galing will be on uh, October 26th through the 31st and then again from November 9th through the 24th. Uh, it's funny because a, a circulation of their holiday schedule because of this announcement has been like kind of floating through Twitter and everybody's been like, oh, did we learn nothing from the pandemic? And oh my God, this is unsightly. And I'm like, guys, every Broadway show. Yeah pretty much all of them has had this holiday schedule forever. So don't act like this is brand new. <laughs> it's never been okay. But I appreciate, I appreciate the idea that like we're paying attention to how actors and uh, company professionals and like the people that are on deck every single day doing this are, you know, overworked. <laughs> are, you, <laughs> like, are, are they talking about the nine show a week schedule? Is that what people are, are talking about on Twitter? To, yeah. The eight to nine show schedule. Some of these shows are doing this within five days. So they're taking like the Ooh. Monday and Tuesday off, but then they're doubling up Friday or, you know, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday night. Like, uh, you know, the, the, the schedules are crazy, but to act like they're the fir- waitress is the first ones to do this is kind of like funny to me because I've known about this and, and yeah. anybody who's worked at theater has known this forever and uh yeah you're right we should have learned something from from covid and it's getting worse i'm seeing a lot of people's holiday schedules come up right now and i'm like yeah it's bad 
Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, let's take a moment from the show to talk about our Patreon. So we at Broadway Radio are so eager to bring you more exclusive content, roundtable discussions, interviews, so much more. We're able to keep the lights on to text each other in these group chats that you want to be in <laughs> um, for our patrons and listeners because of because of you. So thank you so much. But um, please continue to support us through our Patreon subscriber base and engage with us across all social media platforms. We are so excited about this new Broadway season. We're excited to bring you more roundtable content. We're 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 just we really like it. We like doing this. And if you like we it, tell like everyone it. that you know. Like, why are you sitting here right now drafting a tweet saying how much you love listening to us? on Broadway radio. I know what you're going to do as soon as you end this podcast, you're going to do it. So if you aren't already subscribed to our news before everybody else, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash Broadway radio to learn more about it and jump back into the show. So here we go. Now in off-Broadway news, the Gingold Theatrical Group at Theater Row is returning while, literally while we are recording this episode on October 12th, with a revival of rarely, by the way, rarely revived, Bernard Shaw's Mrs. Warren's Profession, starring Robert Cuccioli, David Lee Hyun, Alvin Keith, Nicole King, Raphael Nash-Thompson, and Tony Award winner Karen Ziemba. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. Yeah, so it's running now through November 20th. Will you catch it, Matt? Will you catch uh, it in your show schedule? I don't it know. Is, it is on my list of potential, depending on what else happens. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Creative Goods Merchandise, a popular Broadway merch provider, has launched a new program that allows merch to be purchased from your seat in the theater available for pickup after the show, much like mm. curbside pandemic pickup. Oh my God, I already heard a groan. Mm. According to CGM's founder, you can scan a QR code visible on signs throughout the theater to scan from your phone. The Curtain Collect program, which is, I guess, what they're calling it, is currently at Waitress. It wasn't there when I was there, so I have no feedback and is expected to launch at Hamilton, which has a merch store directly across the street bt dubs mm -hmm. and tina alongside nice. soon to, it's it's gorgeous you all yeah. uh, alongside uh new shows that are opening like company dear evan hansen jagged little pill mrs doubtfire and mj the musical i guess you have thoughts matt well here's the thing though you mentioned it it's like curbside pandemic pickup so the the goal of this in at least the the idea is that you don't have a bunch of people standing in line mm -hmm. um during covid to get merch here's the thing how are people going to get their merch after the show? I'm guessing by standing in line. So it's I think a it's the looking. It's the looking at it. Okay, so you save a couple <laughs> seconds per person, right. but you're still standing in line. If they really were trying to kind of negate the standing in line things, what you would do is is you would actually bring them their merch and that way they don't have to stand in line as much if that's really what you're doing but but here's the thing that's not actually why they're doing this they're doing it because they want to make it easier for people to buy merch they're, they're even pre-covid i would see I, i'm a i'm a i'm a thing person we've talked about this before grace like oh, i like the things very much junk people yeah i'm i'm a clutter yeah. stuff person but i would often be like oh jesus first off that stuff is so expensive but i don't want to stand in line for it if i could just scan something and have them bring it to my seat i would absolutely have bought more merch so this is what that's really about this this is about making more money on merch. This has nothing to do with like yeah. limiting the lines and interaction with other people and potentially spreading the disease. So the Gossip Magazine, OK, for seemingly no reason at all, got a tip from a top Broadway source, quote unquote, about the impending death of Aladdin on Broadway, citing that, quote, Disney is eyeing the end of the musical's time on Broadway stage if business doesn't pick up. Um, 
I mean, we, we've kind of gotten tips like this before, but never in kind of like a gossip magazine about this show. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we understand that Disney's formula, Disney theatricals formula oftentimes is to have just two shows on Broadway. Um, and the, the mainstay is always going to be the Lion King. There's just no doubt about it until, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, hell freezes over. <laughs> so um, if they are trying to move a new show into another Broadway theater, which we believe to they be are. true. They are. Uh, exactly. Well, I know I'm saying it for our listeners. Oh yeah. Like we, well, we might <laughs> know that they are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fire. I can't give this away, yeah. but uh, yeah. So if we know that to be true, of course, they're going to be closing their show. Remember, Newsies was selling out when Aladdin came to Broadway. It was there was no question they were going to shut Newsies down because they only like to have two properties at a time, really. And um, yeah, so uh, this just felt kind of gross. Yeah, <laughs> in the, a gossip magazine, I don't know. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot different if it had come from like even the New York Post, which is still a rag, but I mean, it is still at least like a somewhat legitimate thing. Like, okay, is just literally a gossip magazine. Um, So it was just, it was a very strange thing to me that this is where this was coming from. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also important to remember that the, the new Amsterdam where Aladdin plays is the only theater on Broadway that Disney owns. Um, they actually have an agreement with the city of New York um, for that theater. The other theaters that they play in, whether that's um, the St. James or or uh, where, yeah, yeah, I would say uh, the St. James where Frozen was, or the Minskoff where Lion King is, is like those are regular rentals with uh, the Nederlanders mm-hmm. or the Schuberts or whatever. So if they are going to be keeping the Lion King at the Minskoff where I'm assuming they will. I mean, it didn't start there, but it's been there for no. a long time. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't probably want to put their new big flashy transfer from the park into their own house. That doesn't necessarily mean that they will, but they would probably like to have that option, especially if Aladdin is not selling super well. And we know that there has been issues with Aladdin. Um, you know, they they recently finally cast the show with leads who are actually of the right um, you know, from the right Middle part Eastern of the, the descent. Middle Eastern descent. And that's what the rumored reason why the pro tape that they did in London hasn't been released is because they weren't and, and Disney was concerned about how that might look. So I get it. I, I, I don't remember the show being horrible in grosses pre pandemic, uh, but I, I don't think it was great. So I guess we'll see. I, I don't know. It, it's how Disney does their business is never not confusing, but they always make money. So whatevs. I know they're doing. In some TV film theater related news, Oscar winner and Ashley's favorite uh, for the father, Anthony Hopkins has joined the cast of Florian Zeller's The Son, the companion piece to the yes. father. And um, playwright Bess Wall, which, uh, guys, this is what I was saving for because I'm really excited about it. Playwright Bess Wall is working on an adaptation of Lillian Hellman's The Children's Hour as a limited TV series. I am very excited. What is your ideal cast, Matt? And why is it Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Uzo Adoba? Um, I have not given it any thought whatsoever as to um, uh, what my uh, cast would be. But I don't I dislike that. that. I mean, the the original was um, Audrey Hepburn and, and yes. Shirley MacLaine, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The, I think it's 1961, maybe? Question mark? Uh, uh, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, so that's the um, that was the, the, the film version. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's very interesting. But the fact that Bess Wall is adapting yeah. it is very, very cool. One of our great modern female playwrights adapting... Uh, a seminal work from one of our great 
early mm-hmm. 20th century female playwrights is uh, is very, very neat. I'm very excited to see what that looks like and where it lands, because where it lands on TV um, will probably say a lot about the content as well. Not that, you know, if it's on FX, they're going to like shirk away from the... No, no, no. This is going to be a streaming series for sure, right? Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I could see it. I mean, it could be like HBO Max or HBO yes. um, or, or something Hulu. like that or Hulu or... I don't see it being a Netflixy thing. This is much more Correct. of a of a Hulu or HBO thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could also see just, it being an FX thing too. Now that it, oh God, I hope not. Actually, um, sure. finally, in some recommendations, Matt sent me this video from Paradise Square, which I did watch. So today, Playbill released a new song from Paradise Square, which famously is going to open Broadway in Chicago before they do. Their, this is their out of town tryout before they come to New York uh, again. Like the show is this brand new musical with some original music from Stephen Foster, Nate Tyson, Jason Howland, Mazia Sar. It's definitely like it's interesting. You know, the idea that we're telling someone of a Stephen Foster story, but also the story about like civil war and like the, the first federal draft by Lincoln and, and black soldiers that wanted to go fight, but then weren't considered full people. Um, it's just, it's, it's really fascinating. And I know the story is going to, I I'm very curious to see it. I can't wait to see this in Chicago is the point, you know, this show we talked about early on was, is, um, Produced by Garth Drabinsky, a mm-hmm. very controversial um, executive producer. So uh, you know they open they open they're scheduled to open February twenty second of next year on Broadway, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm very curious. That's all I want to say. The song yeah. is called "I'd Be a Soldier." Please watch it. Um, the the I mean the the singers that are on this that are in this show are fantastic. Also, if you don't follow Kayla Pecchioni on Instagram, what are you doing? How are you not? <laughs> She's amazing. All right, Anyways, good to know. She's in it. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram. I was about to say Bumble. You can't. Um, TikTok. <laughs> and TikTok and all the things. It's Grace Aki at It's Grace Aki. Boop. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Thank you all so much. We will see you tomorrow.